0: Hey guys, Press Gallery host Emma Graney here with our last episode for the summer. Hooray or boo, depending on your take. We'll be taking a hiatus in August and we'll be back sometime in September, unless something massive happens, in which case the Press Gallery team will have your back, obviously, to tell you all about Alberta politics. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, holiday snaps cake recipes you'd like to share, shoot me an email at egraney at postmedia.com or you can find me on Twitter at Emma L. Graney. Thanks and enjoy the rest of your beautiful, sunny summer. Hello and welcome to the Press Gallery, the Edmonton Journal's politics podcast. I am your host, Emma Graney. It is Friday, July 27, 2018... This will be our last podcast for the summer, and it is the Shovels in the Ground edition. In fact, just the Shoveling Stuff edition. something to do with shovels, basically. So we're talking about a few things here. Um, No, first of all, let's talk about who's with me. (laughs) <laughs> my legislative reporter, Clay Clancy, how are you?
1: I'm great after getting through the traffic coming back from Enoch, <laughs> as is Graham, I'm assuming.
2: <laughs> we just arrived. Forty five minute drive should take maybe twenty-five minutes, took almost double because of traffic. Oh, the no traffic. It's the, construction. It's the construction. construction nightmare. Yeah, it's construction.
3: Paula Simons, how are you? I'm I'm very well because I was not driving through traffic. Hooray. I was I was eating my delicious chicken biryani from Why Not Indian on the sunny <laughs> journal deck. Clear clean up. Banged on the windows like, hey!
1: <laughs> get in here. Stop, stop. Paula and I are having opposite days.
3: <laughs> stop stop uh,
0: stop licking the uh, the writer off <laughs> your fingers and get in here. And Graham Thompson, how are you?
2: Good after that nice drive.
0: Excellent. Wonderful. <laughs> so we're talking about I don't know why I'm calling it Shovels in the Ground edition. It just seemed right. Um, we are going to talk about this announcement that happened Friday morning out at Enoch First Nation uh, to do with Trans Mountain and getting shovels in the ground there. Both Clancy and Graham went along, as we just said. It's also one year of the UCP, so we're going to talk about that and leader Jason Kenney's speech to Party Faithful and a little bit about uh, a certain former Prime Minister deciding he's going to door knock for the UCP. We're also going to talk about shovel loads of cash, in a sense. We're talking about party donations real quick, just for the first quarter of 2018. Let's get started with what happened this morning. I was not there. I was watching some of your tweets. So thanks, guys. Yep. Um, so Clancy, what, what was happening out there in Enoch First Nation?
1: Well, so basically uh, Enoch uh, Cree First Nation is going to have a stockpiling site for supplies for the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Today was uh, breaking the ground on that site. Um, so in attendance, we had uh, Kinder Morgan Canada President Ian Anderson, uh, Premier Rachel Notley, the kind of new Minister of Natural Resources who just got that portfolio, Amarjeet Sohi and um, Chief Billy Morin, and they were having an Indigenous blessing of the site ahead of um, ahead of you know construction starting so this was a big deal for the NDP they it's their ability to kind of do this gr- uh, shovel in the ground type photo op um, so Graham and I went along and, uh, we asked a lot of, uh, questions about kind of a plethora of issues related to the Trans Mountain Pipeline, but I thought what was really interesting was, um, this discussion about Indigenous involvement in the Trans Mountain Pipeline and, uh, Chief Morin had some really interesting things to say. He said that, uh, Alberta First Nations that he's spoken to are behind the pipeline. He hasn't heard a lot of pushback. Um, he's hoping to have some kind of ownership over the pipeline, so I think those negotiations will be ongoing as the process continues. And um, and yeah, so it was a, a beautiful sunny day in Enoch, and that's kind of <laughs> the, <laughs> what the thing. Is it
2: was actually literally shovels in the ground, meaning they actually had the symbolic shovels, and they had the hard hats. This is uh, Notley, and so he, uh, Ian Anderson, head of um, uh, Kinder Morgan, not the lead singer for Jethro Tell, <laughs> yeah. he <laughs> dates um, himself. Yes. And uh, Chief Moran, hey, dress tall is a classic. It goes on forever. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so the thing is though it's purely symbolic because, yeah, this is not where they'll be setting the pipe on. This is them, them actually announcing they'll be stockpiling pipe, not even at the site we're at today either. Um, this is them just having literally to show the public there will be shovels in the ground at some point. And a question, of course, was asked is how much pipeline will be done this year? And the answer is none this year. They're hoping to actually get the pipeline into the ground next year. This summer, the construction is all about right of way, putting stakes in the ground and surveying things. But Notley and the federal government know it's really important to keep the uh, critics at bay by saying, look, we are actually doing something this summer.
0: Now, th- this was f- so Sohi's first uh, public thingy thing, wasn't it, since he became uh, uh, Natural first, Resources uh, the Minister? The first
2: thingy thing, as they call it. Yeah, that's, that's right. a
3: technical yeah. term here <clears throat> in the journalism no, business. Yeah, it's, but it's a very good thingy thing to start to start <laughs> with. I mean, I have to say, the the messaging on this is exquisite, right? I mean, you have Mr. Kinder Morgan saying, Rachel Notley, she's done so much for us. You have Billy Moran saying, this is going to be great for the Enoch First Nation, and First Nations are on board with this. And then there's Amarjeet Sohi making his debut as the Minister of Natural Resources. Uh, this is, I mean, this is very carefully... This is a very carefully constructed moment. So cynical, but, but, well, but but you know, this is what this is what you're supposed to do. This, I mean, this is the right message you need to send. You need to send a message to the people who don't think she's doing enough. That there's Mr. Kinder Morgan, uh, right? You know, right there patting her on the back and you need to send a message to people in British Columbia who think that this is, uh, you know, an assault on indigenous land title. Mm. And, And there you have, you know, a leading Alberta chief saying, no, no, we're we're down with this and come store your pipes, you know, right next to my lovely casino. I guess it's not right next to the lovely casino, but you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> and I thought, in- interestingly today, we did get a clarification, I think, on timeline, which was helpful for people that have been kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. So the sale of um, of the Kinder Morgan assets to the federal government will, at the earliest, be finalized in September. Um, in August, a uh, survey of the land is starting around where the pipeline is going to be constructed and then as Graham said actual physical pipe will be laid at, like at the earliest
2: January is kind of the timeline that Ian Anderson laid out. Yeah and I think Paul is right this is it's really important to show people something's being done even uh, the problem is like, like nothing's actually being done in they're, terms they're, of they're shovels build, in the they're ground.
3: Building they're, <laughs> well, they're, <laughs> building a, they're building a shed. Well, They're building a shed that's important. That's construction. They're <laughs> actually in a sense
2: pre- constructing the pipeline by right of way and all that. The thing is, politically, this is all the optics this morning. Right. And it's really important, of course, to have the First Nations involved. And I asked uh, Chief Moran, okay, what do you say to the First Nations who are against the pipeline in British Columbia? And he's very respectful. He said, look, you know, they have a right. We're all sovereign nations. And so we have a right to speak up. And he said um, he's hoping, though, that dialogue will show that this is not the best interest. And he sounds very political, of course, um, that things will go ahead. What we're, no one discussed today was the fact we're still waiting for a federal court of appeal decision on this pipeline. So these guys are all prejudging that that will be a two thumbs up. I imagine <laughs> it will be. There's been 16 court decisions so far all in favor of the pipeline. I imagine this one will be two, but it hasn't come down officially yet.
0: Now, in terms of you talked about, um, you both talked about the timeline there. So politically speaking, of course, the provincial election is coming up here in Alberta in May-ish between March and May, something like that. So will this be soon enough to actually help the NDP at the polls?
1: I think it'll be interesting ahead of the election next spring. Like, I think we're going to have tons of Trans Mountain related events, which isn't unexpected. Yeah. You, know? you know,
2: There'll be ceremonies every Constantly, kilometer of the way. Yeah. Exactly.
1: For every, and also Ian Anderson from Kinder Morgan also said today there were going to be other bl- Indigenous blessing ceremonies at different pipe spots in the next uh, few months. Oh, interesting. So I feel like that you know that again is going to be we're going to be getting media releases constantly. I would assume about what's going on bef- about the Trans Mountain Pipeline ahead of the election.
3: I mean, it will be enough to not be a disaster for her. I mean, if by January for Notley? for Notley, right? I mean, frankly, I'm not sure anything would be enough to say to redeem her in the eyes of people who are just, you know, absolutely not going to vote for Rachel Notley no matter what. Yeah. But you know, the numbers at the moment. Uh, Notley's office tweeted out under her name a tweet this week that said, "Retail spending in Alberta is at an all-time record high." Oh yeah. So there's you know there's your consumer confidence number. So if you know when you think about what it was like three years ago, uh, you know when she took office just as the economy went sliding down this you know incredibly steep slalom's course, uh, things will be better.
2: It will help her. It'll
3: it'll help. I, I know, Whether it'll I'll help, help well, enough well, is a separate question.
2: Well yeah, but it's going to help her. Next, imagine next election campaign in March, April, May. Um, if she can say to the opposition, look, we got a pipeline built. In fact, here's some photographs of more pipe being laid. Another <laughs> ceremony yesterday. As opposed to her being hammered by the opposition who said, you didn't get social license, no pipeline is being built. She can say during the election campaign next year, look, it's actually being done. Now, Paula's right. Is that enough? I, I don't think it will be enough. You know, It'll never be enough to... to uh, Went over the critics of her who are violently cr- critical of the NDP and have been since day one. But the people in the middle, the NDP is going after people who are not, you know, dead set against the NDP and not dead set in favor of the UCP. Those are the ones that she's going to go after. And this is going to help her a lot. The problem is the narrative has been set in people's mind about the recession and things being bad. If things are turning around enough next year, price of oil is up, let's say pipelines in the ground, all of a sudden that can change the narrative. And I think the opposition
1: narrative um, with pipeline being laid in January and February is going to be, but look how long it took. It took of course. It took so long to do and anything. And it meant uh, having
2: the federal right. government actually had uh, to buy the pipeline. Right. Oh, yeah, there's never going to be enough for the op- the critics of, of Notley.
3: Because, of course, Notley isn't the only one facing an election looming. The federal liberals, uh, you know, the federal liberal government is as well. And so, you know, it's really important for, for Trudeau, um, I don't know, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a it's a catch-22 for Trudeau. It's a double-edged sword. I mean, it's not going to win him any votes in British Columbia. But, uh, you know, for Sohi, to have, have any chance to hang on to his seat, for Randy Boissoneau to be able to hang on to his seat, to maybe see if the Liberals can pick up another seat or two in Edmonton. Um, this is absolutely essential to that. Speaking about the election, Dandy P will be taking on the UCP
0: in this United Conservative Party, which has been around for one year now. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday to oh, you. Oh, and paul
2: has got a cake with some candles on it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's lovely
0: of you, Paula. Wow, Paula. Paula.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I wish we had a cake in here. I've, I've got a small thing of cherries, but that's about the extent of it. Clancy, you were at the speech by Jason Kenny on Sunday evening.
1: I was, yes. How was it? Oh, so lovely. Um, well, so Graham was hey, also hey, there. Hey, don't
2: sound so cynical. You're a reporter. I can sound cynical. You, you don't get to. I'm cynical. Not just cynical. hating I'm, working <laughs> on a Sunday I, night. That's exactly <laughs> it.
1: I was. I had a head cold and was working on a Sunday night covering a rally. So that was uh, for me. That was a rough one. But no, it was. Um, yeah, it was interesting. So Jason Kenny uh, gave a 45-minute speech um, about uh, on the anniversary of the unity of the Progressive Conservatives and the Wild Rose to become the UCP. Um, 45
3: minutes is a long speech. It was
1: a fairly long speech. He does yeah. love a long speech um, Jason Kenney. What I thought was interesting was you know they had probably about 500 people there and they had set up for more than that but it was, so there were a few empty chairs but it was a crowd nonetheless. It wasn't and bad for a Sunday night. Yeah yeah, summer, yeah. 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 And um uh Jason Kenney had a few messages out of his speech some of them we've heard multiple times before things like um Edmonton's going to be ground zero in the next election and campaign um, and interestingly, he also commented on the recent UCP nomination controversy, whereby uh, the candidate um, Todd Beasley, you can read all about it in Edmonton Journal and Calgary Herald articles, had um, been asked to withdraw his candidacy and obliged after he had uh, posted some very uh, Islamophobic comments. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, on, dis- we discussed online. that last week. Yeah, so we discussed that last week. But what was interesting was Jason Kenney uh, kind of pointed that out in his speech by saying that hateful views in the UCP are not welcome and that um, candidates who express views like that will not be allowed to run for nominations. And that was a very firm line he took during that speech.
3: So- and this, of course, has been spun in two different ways. One is to say, look, there's Jason Kenney showing moral leadership and showing that the UCP is not a party of extremism. And the rebuttal to that is most parties don't have to say, <laughs> hate mongers and neo Nazis are not welcome in our party. So if you have to say it, you know, my dad always used to joke when we went on summer vacation, there was a, a barber shop that they had a sign up that said Sanitary Barber. He said, you know <laughs> never never check into a motel that says it's clean or a barbershop that says it's sanitary if you have to say it uh
0: it's it's a problem of course, this has come up today as
3: well, and yesterday there's a
0: candidate or a candidate hopeful named Sandra Kim now she's in Wetaska withtasskiwin I believe she's running, and she has she has received the um the endorsement from Leela Ahia, Rick Strangman, and also Wes Taylor, I believe, as well. Now, she said some really uh, interesting, really, shall we pro- say really problematic things. Very problematic about Islam and about homosexuality and, aga- and about marriage equality as well. So, I actually just emailed Janice Harrington, who is the, um, with the youth president of the UCP sorry, executive director of the UCP, and she just got back to me as we are recording. Live. uh, Live. You're hearing it now and you won't hear this live because I've got to edit this first, Um, saying that all aspiring contestants have to go through the vetting process and that is now underway in Masker Chief for So we may see Sandra Kim be kicked out as well.
2: I think the the point that the NDP is uh, criticizing the party for in this case is, look, this isn't just somebody who's going through a vetting process yet to be vetted. She already has the endorsement of three sitting MLAs. Now, I'm assuming the MLAs did did not know what her background was. You want to hope. But, yeah, exactly. So, but still, it's not just, this isn't just a random person like a Todd Beasley. Another example came out this week as well uh, who want to be a candidate but they're kind of random people and then they're caught and tossed out. This, This is the person who actually got the endorsement already of sitting MLAs, So the NDP is saying this is actually ratcheting it up another notch that the the UCP just can't say these people are nobodies and they're going to go nowhere. This person had the ear and the support of sitting MLAs.
3: Sanitary barber.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now one of the other things that came out of this uh, well actually no it came out the a bit later, uh, all of this timeline has kind of squished itself in my head, and I don't know what happened when anymore. It's just one long whirlwind. But um, Rona Ambrose was here announcing the she leads, which is to help conservative women to encourage conservative women to run in uh, for politics. Uh, Lorraine Harper was actually there helping along, and in the last line of her speech, said something like, "Oh, by the way, my hubby is going to do some uh, some door knocking for the old UCP." So that's pretty fun. And her hubby being
2: one. the former prime minister.
0: Yeah. What was his sure. name?
3: Um, um, Steve? St- no. <laughs> George George W. Bush called him Steve once. It was the weirdest pop- Really? Oh, yeah. and know. It was like, Steve? Who, who beat this Steve? That's what <laughs> an Australian
0: would do. We'd probably call him, like, Harpo or something like that. <laughs> but anyway, Stephen Harper is apparently going to be door knocking for the UCP, which caused a bit of an interesting night. Uh, I thought...
3: You know, I, I'm not the president of the Stephen Harper fan club, but I thought, like, what, what do people expect? Who, who, do you think he'd go Makes and, sense. To, for whom will he go door knocking? I, I, have, I have to say, Van <laughs> Harper, his son on Twitter, said, you know, it's a good thing because he's been watching too much Netflix. Um,
2: uh, I, yeah, but the thing is, uh, it's not just any. He'll yes, be knocking doors in, in Sandra Jansen. Sandra Jansen. The whole point here, of course, let's attract women to politics. And by
3: beating up on Sandra Jansen. By,
2: by trying to uh, get a woman unelected. Of course, the <laughs> whole point of She Leads is to get conservative. Women
3: well, Sandra elected. Jansen used to be a used conservative. to be, you know. I mean, or and, was she and, ever? And so, else. Well, no. So here's <laughs> so here's the problem. I mean, Sandra Jansen was conservative. She was a conservative MLA. She was a cons, you know a progressive, a progressive conservative who ran for the leadership, uh, and you know, and <laughs> since and since then has, you know, I mean, it's a bit of a feedback loop because she's not exactly one to step away from the Twitter. She's a bit, you know, she's got her bag of of troll treats for feeding trolls. But there is no doubt uh, that, troll kibble aside, uh, she has come under just horrific attack of all different sorts. And, you know, they've clearly made this personal. They are out to get her in a way that they're not targeting other NDP MLAs. And it's, it is a bit disquieting, as Graham says, the irony the, the you know the, the seeming hypocrisy of saying yes we want to encourage more conservative women to run for politics but not you. <laughs> well, I mean it's going to be an interesting election. I guess um, you know
0: Stephen, yeah. Stephen Harper can get his walking shoes back on and get back out into the war uh, in Calgary. Oh Calgary, what a place! Teeming with hometown. interesting nomination races. My hometown.
1: Yeah. Mm. You feel proud, Clancy? I do. I love Calgary.
0: <laughs> so I want to also talk about uh, party donations this quarter. So it was the first quarter of 2018, I think, right?
1: Um, so Clancy, we have the f- sorry, I'm just like no, throwing you right. No, in we the have the here. first two quarters. We have from January 1st oh, to yes. uh, June 30th. And um, mathematics, Emma. <laughs> and uh, basically, we have uh, the NDP. I think performed better than maybe some people would would think when you compare the numbers. But I'll just kind of run through them here. The UCP um, in party and constituency association donations. So that's you know the local level and uh, donating donating to the party specifically um, collected one point five one million dollars, and that compares to the NDP's one point one nine million dollars, but between January 1st and June 30th um I asked Premier uh, Notley about this while she was at a news conference in Medicine Hat and um she said that she was uh, really encouraged by uh, the NDP's performance, and she said that the last quarter um, was actually the single most successful quarter of fundraising in the history of the NDP. Uh, the UCP, unsurprisingly, is also lauding their performance um, and saying, you know, look, last quarter we raised more than a million dollars. Um, and uh, and yeah, so so far it's been interesting. I think it's important to watch these numbers as we get closer to the election, because it kind of shows what,
2: uh, what everyone's going to Be working with
0: Graham. Were you surprised when you saw these numbers?
2: Yeah, the NDP is doing a lot better than I thought. I thought it was going to be a blowout with the UCP being way ahead because you get that impression. The thing is, you know, we read the polls. You see the UCP being way ahead of the NDP in the polls, and you're thinking, well, how does that relate to money? Because you know, with the change in the law in the first year, Bill One, when the NDP came in and outlawed uh, donations from corporations and unions. It's basically all small donations now. The limit you get is $4,000 a year is the limit most you can actually give to uh, any political party or movement.
3: You get a huge chunk of that back.
2: Um, Yes, I know, but still, in terms of money given to a party, it's only $4,000 the most. And I thought it's interesting to see how the parties are actually ramping up, um, getting donations from a lot of people. And the NDP, despite the polls showing them being way behind the UCP, is right on the heels of the UCP when it actually comes to raising money, and I found that really interesting.
0: And how about the Alberta Party, Klein? See that? what that two hundred twenty-two thousand? Yeah. So like the
1: Alberta Party altogether um, took in two hundred fifty-five thousand. Well,
3: that's you know, it's not
0: bad. Respectable. Actually. And then <laughs> the
1: Liberals uh, reported around fifty-seven thousand. Who's still giving money to the Liberals? <laughs> <laughs> Say that a bit louder, Paula.
3: <laughs> I wonder <laughs> what? Why?
0: Why they giving money to Why? the locals. Well, well it's just, you know. You know. Uh, God bless them.
1: Um, and I just wanted to note, too, that in 2016, the NDP had changed those rules that Graham was talking about. And um, it was, you know, I wasn't he- covering politics in Alberta at the time. So I think it's interesting that previously the limit was $15,000 and that that limit also could double in an election year up to $30,000. So that's quite a hefty donation you c- yeah. you were able to make in the past. You know, I mean,
3: they have to work with, all, you know, they have to do more with less, as so many of us do, uh, you know, because those big corporate donations, right? I mean, if, you know, if big oil companies can't write you a check if construction companies can't write you a check, then you're you're fishing in a very different bond. One of the interesting things, too, I'm a member of, I guess, uh, mailing lists
0: for all the different parties, and it's <laughs> yeah. so interesting getting the uh, the calls for donations from the
1: different parties. Yeah,
3: I, I only get them from the UCP.
0: Really? I get funny. so many
1: from the NDP, it's like out of control. And to all of our Twitter <laughs> followers out there, just so you know, because this week especially I've been taking a lot of comments on Twitter, none of us donate to parties <laughs> or get paid by parties. Not one
3: not one penny, and I have no idea why I'm on the UC ucp uh, donation list i mean i i have well, never a
2: big big supporter of the i've never <laughs> taken my, i've never <laughs> taken myself
3: off the list because i find it interesting i get stuff from the ndp from time to time uh yeah sometimes i've figured i just get added to these lists and i don't yeah.
0: know why Did i think i'm a miss moneybags over here who's happy to donate to political parties yeah, don't
1: ask journalists to <laughs> donate to <laughs> things like, all, all kinds of reasons yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> a, ethics and B, you know
2: we're journalists we're
0: journalists (laughs) (laughs) now before we move on to our regular segment good stuff from the gallery in which we talk about things we have seen read or listened to lately that we think you might also like I would like to take a moment to say to Graham Thompson you're a horrible person because you're leaving us
1: Graham there's so much hatred in
2: this room towards you more, (laughs) more than normal (laughs) Uh, yeah i'm taking it we
3: love you that's why we're sad
2: i appreciate that Uh, quickly um i'm taking a buyout voluntary buyout from the um from post media so my last day with the journal is uh, end of august um i won't get into it now but i don't plan on leaving completely in a sense i i'm leaving post media i'm not leaving media i'll leave that out there and there'll be a new incarnation i hope of me later
0: Graham will still be harassing us down at the
1: legislature, maybe. Maybe. Which is the only reason that we're slightly okay with this.
2: <laughs> so I, we may actually be doing a, a more in-depth podcast later in August. I think that... Oh, uh,
0: Graham
3: Thompson, This Is Your Life?
0: Basically,
2: yeah. <laughs> that
3: would be amazing.
0: <laughs> It'd be
2: the shortest podcast ever. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Graham and I started working at the Edmonton Journal. At the same time. Well, same the same, same month, same basically. Year. Yeah. yeah. Um, what year was that? Uh, 1995. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we both came here from the CBC, from two different parts of the CBC. Graham was in, at doing. Were you were the national reporter based in Edmonton uh, for no, CBC I, Television. Well, I, no, I was
2: doing uh, politics. Yes, yeah, so CBC, he was. Yeah. So he
3: was based at the legislature, and I was working at that point in for Toronto, ideas. in Toronto, in radio for Ideas and and for um, the Arts Tonight. And we both started here together at the same time. And uh, I'm not going <laughs> I'm not no, no, yet. Not leaving yet. Thank
2: God for the Journal. Paula sticking around.
3: Someone's yes. got to fill those pages. <laughs> but yes, you will be—you will be very, very much okay. missed. Because, Graham, I mean, you've been covering the legislature for thirty years.
2: Um, yeah, I think uh, Aberhart had just been elected, <laughs> and I—I I, 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 I called that election, by the way. <laughs> and then but I thought, hey,
3: L- Lougheed was still premier when you started.
2: Um, actually, I was an intern at CBC, and I was here for a month. Uh, from from Ontario and uh, he was actually my very first time I stepped foot inside the legislature, Laheed was the premier. But I really began covering it for CBC when Getty was premier and then for the journal it was um, Klein and uh, I began doing a column when Klein was premier and that was interesting. Anyway, so I think there'll be more on all of this on uh, another podcast. We might try you a port- in. We need a
3: portrait of you hanging in the legislature. I mean, you've served, yeah. you've served up up the, up the word The, hanging. <laughs> the word, <laughs> <laughs> the word <laughs>
2: hanging is probably apt.
0: We might kind of try and drag you back here kicking and screaming every now and again, Graham, whether you like it or not.
2: That's nothing That's new. basically every week, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, all right, now let's move on to our regular segment, Good Stuff from the Gallery, in which we recommend things that we like that you might also like because we are generous and kind. Like that to you, dear listeners. Clancy, let's kick us off, mate.
1: Sure. I'm going to recommend a really fun feature that was uh, super interesting and something I've been kind of obsessed with because I think her company is so nuts. But it's called The Big Business of Being Gwyneth Paltrow what by I was Taffy. was going to be mine. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. no, I, I know. I I'm going. All four of us. And <laughs> us. mine too. I'm, I'm going I to my st- second st- choice. I okay, st- Paula
2: put a tweet on this yesterday, so I should beat you. No, well, no. Let, let, on let, Twitter, let Twitter, but... Twitter. but
1: I'm the one (laughs) recommending it. (laughs) Um, uh, So it's called The Big Business of Being Gwyneth Paltrow by Taffy Brodesser-Ackner with the New York Times Magazine, and she's written some really amazing pieces. One of my favorite pieces by her is a a profile of uh, Tanya Harding recently as well, Um, but this piece is very interesting. She interviews uh, Gwyneth Paltrow about goop and um, all the (laughs) lovely things in that company, which has recommended insane things like vaginal steaming and jade eggs that you carry around in your your vagina.
3: It is such a brilliantly written piece. It is, it is. just, it, as a work of social satire, it is a thing. It's a, a great summer read, a fine choice. Yes. Paula, what do you have for us? I had, luckily, I had a backup choice. <laughs> Hooray! My backup choice is a less fun read uh, by Andrew Sullivan uh, for uh, New York Magazine. Uh, an amazing piece uh, headlined, Why Trump Has Such a Soft Spot for Russia, that looks through not just Trump's affinity for strong men, but it really, you know, explains that this interest that he has in Putin and in others like Putin is not a bug. It's a feature. Uh, and it's a, it's a really good and disturbing read. So it's not just the vodka that he likes. Oh, that's right.
0: He doesn't drink, does he?
3: No, I mean, I mean, Sullivan's an interesting cat, right? I mean, as a, as a you know, he started off as a conservative gay commentator. And, you know, not everybody is a fan. But yeah. his his analysis of Trump, this is just a bang on article
0: nice I am going to recommend a piece from Gizmodo really interesting read from Kashmir Hill and it's called When a Stranger Decides to Destroy Your Life it is something it's a story about a lady uh, who lives in Alabama her name is Monica Glennon and basically how somebody doxed her on the internet and made up a story she's a real estate agent about how she had sex with this person's husband on the floor of the house that they were going to go and look at and posted it to the Facebook page of her Remax company and then started putting it out everywhere and this person it turns out just disagreed with a comment that this monica lady had made on a news story a
3: facebook a a facebook
0: comment so they basically had a they had a facebook interaction that was kind of negative and then this woman Stewed on it and didn't forget about it, made up a story, and then posted it publicly and basically has destroyed this other lady's career and life to an extent. It's the most extraordinary piece. It is bizarre and people are really messed up, and that's why you can't have nice things.
3: Graham, what do you have for us? Your last recommendation, so it has to be really special. Not that there's any pressure, but make this the best one you've ever done.
2: Exactly. So I thought for a change, I'd recommend something on the environment.
3: (laughs) And not, (laughs) and not, not about World War II or forest fires?
2: Oh. This is actually called <laughs> <laughs> "Climate Change is Here and the World is Burning."
1: Amazing! <laughs> Am wow. I That's that this is Wow! <laughs>
2: there we go. Yeah. So it's um, it's an article, opinion article in the Globe and Mail about climate change and the world is burning. Of course, a lot of fires this year. Uh, this talk to Greece, yeah. for example, and it's not all just climate change in the sense that there's a lot of things factors when it comes to um, Wildfires, you know, a lot of firefighting over the year. years means a lot more dry brush, just waiting to, to go up. Anyway, it's just, I thought it was a great headline, climate change is here and the world is burning. It sums oh, up. uplifting. It's, yeah, well, exactly. It's, it's an important topic. Now, in my career, I don't normally go on soapboxes, but when it comes to climate change, the reality of man-made climate change is real. The question is, what do we do about it? And so that is my good stuff.
0: Graham literally just pulled out a soapbox from under the desk, stood on it to record that little tiny And hit, it just caught, you, fi- that caught fire.
2: Yes. Because you of climate it? change. Yeah. Your,
3: your final words from Graham Thompson on the Fast <laughs> Gallery podcast, unless, unless they're not. <laughs> the world's unless, going to burn. Unless
2: they're not. I'm not saying goodbye. I just, I just do not like talking about this. To be honest, I'm, I'm in denial in a lot of ways. Uh, I love all you guys and I like doing what I'm doing. I love the journal. I love writing and I love politics and I'm hoping to try and hang on to to a scrap of that moving on.
3: We made him cry. We uh, that's we, just cuz cuz because cuz I'm
0: sitting here he's like oh god Emma.
3: No, we're crying looking at her. We're going to miss <laughs> we're going to miss you. Edmonton is going to miss you. Anybody who cares about politics in Alberta is going to miss you because you have been the most thorough fair balanced um wise analyst of Alberta politics for 30 years. And you drive me down to conferences.
1: Uh, yeah, and I was going to say, I think i a mentor <laughs> to so many journalists too. Yes. Who have walked I appreciate through that. And as I say, I'm hoping
2: to keep my hand in at some level moving forward, and that's yet to be announced.
3: Yes. But, you know, as somebody who I think has earned the respect of every political party, every Every premier, even the ones. I, I think Ralph Klein said you and I were the two people he would, you know, that's right.
0: he, and he a hated speech. most. But, and a but, <laughs> but, but, <And> a <laughs> in Calgary. I, that's I, right. I think that's an accomplishment, too. Absolutely.
2: Most thank definitely. you. Thank you very much.
0: Good job, guys. Look, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. And as I said, we will be taking a break for August unless something massive happens. I believe there will be uh, plans in place to come and record an emergency podcast if need be. Claire Clancy, Paul Simons, Graham Thompson. Thank you. And, um, guess September you'll hear from us again then have a great August hope it remains hot and sunny
3: happy summer happy
0: summer